You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Mike Duncan. Katie and Nathan asked me to let you know that they use strong language in this show. So if you don't like that, then this won't be the show for you. If you want to listen to a show where there's only a mild amount of foul language, but is still focused on history, you can always check me out at the Revolutions Podcast or my old show, The History of Rome. So again, if you are in a position where you cannot do strong language, now is the time to bail. But if you're in a position where you can do strong language, then by all means, keep listening. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. All right, all right, all right. Nathan. What? Catherine of Aragon. That's what? Part de. Part de. <laughs> that is um, part two. In for French. <laughs> In oh. French. I, I guess it would be El part de. I don't know how to say <laughs> Don't even try. I don't, I don't know how to say part in French, but I know de is two. I think it's part de. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Catherine of Aragon again. Catherine of Aragon. We're going to wrap up her story. Um, and today we're drinking another um, pomegranate. pomegranate cocktail. The <laughs> word just left my brain. So we took basically the drink that we did last time, which was a parade of passion. Parade which is like so dramatic. so dramatic. And it's just basically half a shot of apple juice, a shot of pomegranate, and then a shot of vodka. And this time I decided to put a little bit of a LaCroix in it just to kind of give a little bubbly and a LaCroix, by the way, is like a carbonated water that's flavored. I've never had LaCroix before today. And they're delicious. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's like a it's like a diet soda with no chemical shit storm. With no cancer in it? Yeah. There's like <laughs> no sweeteners, no anything. It's just carbonated water. So if you like that type of shit, drink it. Catherine of Aragon, part two. So I think we should start with recapping. Yeah, so her life. she was the daughter of this the super powerful couple of Spain, Isabel and Ferdinand, who mm-hmm. sent over Christopher Columbus. Yeah. And she was a teenage when she was set to marry the heir of the English throne, who was Arthur. Yep. And he died promptly six months later. Super quick. He was, he was done. Hashtag dead. Hashtag. And she was claiming that she was a virgin so that she ended up getting to marry her brother-in-law. Yes. So she married her, his, her, Arthur's her younger brother. Her brother. And I think everybody may know some something about him. His name was Henry VIII. Yeah. Uh, he would go on to be Henry VIII. Um, at this time in his life, though, like he was not the fat tyrant. Oh, he was hot. He was. He was Super tall, super built, like athletic type. Um, he was like there was some delegate that um, claimed he was the most handsome prince in Europe. Um, so she got herself a catch, and he also 
Yeah, he wasn't the tyrant that we think of at this point. He was trying very hard to be a Renaissance man. Yeah. So he wrote poetry. He patroned lots of artists. He was charitable. So yeah, all in all, they were like the golden couple. And where we left off was they had just gotten hitched in a very, very, very low key ceremony, which was very common for Henry VIII. Foreshadowing. Didn't like the big spectacle of the actual wedding. He liked to party afterwards. Oh, no. Well, they had their (laughs) coronation was like the party of the century, though. And she was 23 and he was 18. So there's only a five year difference. Yeah. All those paintings that they had of her. She was like this old maid and he's like this super young, handsome jock football guy and inaccurate inaccurate they're only five years apart she was a hottie too so yeah. let's get that and she straight. was very beautiful at this point and anyway so let's kind of chat about them as king and queen um like i said they were kind of considered like the it couple because they were both beautiful and regal in for change like because henry the seventh He was stingy stingy and he like didn't want to deal with foreign affairs much. And um, what I read about Henry VIII was that whenever he came to power, his advisors were like, we're going to raise him differently than his dad. He's going to be exact opposite of his father. He's going to have fun. He's going to be great. He's going to be a renaissance man. Henry VII, um, whenever he was in power, like towards the end when he just kind of went crazy with like, Taxing people, like I think one thing read that he taxed this um, earl or something like 500 pounds a year, but the earl only made like 600 pounds a year <laughs> or something like that. Like he was just, towards the end, got tyrannical. Douchebag. Henry VII even had some of, uh, I'm sorry, Henry VIII had some of Henry VII's like um, financial dudes like imprisoned. And stuff because huh. he wanted to show that I'm not going. I'm be not like going to be like that. No, yeah. that, that, that that's accurate. Wrote poetry and patroned artists. He would write. He wrote loads of poetry for um, Catherine. They, by all accounts, had a great marriage at first, and I think they legitimately loved each other. And I think it was interesting that you you had mentioned that Henry was the first king to have a, a peaceful inheritance. Yeah, he was. The first king in something it was is it like 87 years that to have a peaceful inheritance from father to son no wars no wars no, no like trauma because no, no, they no, no, no just drama. come out of the wars of the roses um and before that there was like inheritance issues so it had been such a long time since um a father died and their adult son took over. And she was motherfucking adored by the English people. Adored. The people and loved I mean, her. Even, I mean, right now after they got married, they loved her, but later on they're going to love her more. Yeah. Like, the English people she adored her. She was so her. charitable. Like, every time that she left church, she would go give money to the poor, like, standing outside the church. And so, of course, the people loved her. She was everything that a Renaissance queen should have been. She was charitable. She was regal. Beautiful. There was. That's part of the reason why they got along, though. They had similar educations. Yeah. They were similar... practically raised together. I yeah, mean, she came over to England raised... whenever he was. She was 15. He would have been 10. Yeah, around something 10, like 11. that. Yeah, so. And so they were like around each other a lot. They knew who each other were. They had similar education, similar upbringings. Oh, I remember. Uh, they were um... close to their parents or mothers, at least. Yeah, they were both very close to their mothers. Also. And I think they both didn't like their fathers, too. <laughs> to be honest with you. Soon after their wedding, Henry wrote Ferdinand, which was Catherine's dad, 
And he wrote to tell her that even if he had the choice to pick, he would still pick Catherine in preference to all others. Oh, I know. So cute. So, so basically, she goes by and she pees on a stick and finds out that she's pregnant. <laughs> Two That's months. not how they did it back then. Oh, damn it! They didn't have the dazzlers either. <laughs> they, they didn't uh, have the dazzlers. <laughs> they. Did, I mean, I guess you could pee on sticks, but it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't tell you. It wouldn't turn blue or have a smiley face. <laughs> but she. Okay, so it's, she gets pregnant after her first. Two? Yeah, her second month of marriage. Like, just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She's ready to go. And she was actually, this makes sense, that her symbol was a pomegranate because we find out that that stands of fertility. Yeah, I didn't know that before, but that's why she picked the pomegranate. And she's fertile. She was fertile. (laughs) I mean, it's, we'll get to the sadness later, but she get in her first, like. Yeah, and her parents had, like. Five children that survived. Oh. Henry's parents have like four. So, I mean, they were both going to be fruitful Henry's as fuck. Henry's great-grandmother, I want to do her one day. Her name was uh, Jaquetta Luxembourg. I want to do her one day. She, oh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say it's like she had 14 living children. God. It sounds like Marie Antoinette's family, too. Yeah. They but anyway, so there was no reason to think that they weren't going to be popping out babies left and right. However, comma, baby was a stillborn. Okay, so it's fucking weird. So she goes into labor early when she was probably about six months pregnant and gives birth to a stillborn baby. Mm. But... Six months. That's a long time to carry the baby and have a bit. Uh, and it was it was a little baby girl that But died. then... So the baby died, but Catherine's stomach didn't go down. Which I don't think they do go down at first. Like, it takes a while. But so her stomach stayed round. She didn't have her period. And so the doctor was like, oh, well, you were pregnant with twins. And one of them's still in there. So they send that bitch to confinement. To- <laughs> I actually went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I'm like, I was like, surprise. Sure. I was like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> I surprised. do that a lot. I'm like, I was like, surely they had stethoscopes by this point. I don't know why I was thinking that was something that had been invented by this point. So I was like, they should have been able to listen for a heartbeat. Stethoscopes weren't invented until like 1870. Huh. Good to know. Good. Good to so know. they didn't. So they were just like, you're still fat. So <laughs> you're still pregnant. <laughs> Oh. So let's kind of describe what being in confinement is because they sent her there. She's pregnant. They're afraid that she may lose this other baby. That's- well, it was just all nobility. The women would go into confinement to give birth. Oh my God. So let's explain what confinement is because it gives me a buttload of anxiety. I would it be like claustrophobic it. as fuck. Oh my God. So confinement, they close up. It's like a, the noble woman. And her ladies, like her ladies in waiting or what her servants, whatever, go into the room probably like a month out from when the baby's gonna be born. They cover up all the windows with like religious tapestries. They don't light a lot of candles. I was about to say they turn off all the lights, but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have light switches. They the room is dark and like you just it's supposed to feel like a womb. Yeah, that's what I read too. Is that it's and, supposed to be like a womb? And you know, the one place that they had me out was whenever they said no boys allowed. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would I be able to survive without having my men around? Me? Well, also at this point, it was really common for the kings to have their affairs while their During wives the were in confinement. This would drive me up the walls. I get claustrophobic. I get stir crazy if it's been raining for two days and I can't. Right. 
go outside. I can only imagine a month, all the lights out, everything dimmed. And don't you think it would start to smell really bad? Ooh. Don't you like? Like they only had one window open or something. Yeah, like they that. would they like crack a window to That's like make it. sure nobody suffocated. I guess. Oh my gosh! And oh. so during this time, like she's she she'll menstruate, she'll have her period, and then she won't. And then it'll stop, and then her belly will swell up, swell up, swell up, and then she has her period again, and then it goes back down. So they really were like, what the hell is going on with her? After about, like, two months in confinement, though, they were like, okay, you know what? She's not pregnant. So what do you think it was? Like, there are so many... There are so many theories. The one that I think makes most sense is that she had some kind of infection in her stomach. Yeah, and I read, like, people blamed her because she had an eating disorder, which... Yeah, that's a symptom of it, but I don't think it was... Like, what do you mean? Like, losing, not having your period is a symptom of... Yeah, and and making it, like, that sort of thing had an effect on that. And I was like, "Eh, Yeah, and I have heard that, like, um, bulimic women sometimes will have, like, a protruding belly. Like, the rest Mm -hmm. of you would be skinny and your belly might be protruding a little from, like... I, I don't know. That's the less viable one. I don't really honestly I, think I think so. it was just an infection. There's I do also, think... I've read that she's had eating disorders too, but I think that was probably more of like a religious thing from fasting. Fasting. Yeah, and that's um, what Isabella did. But there was also the phantom pregnancies, which it reminds me of... I think of like Phantom of the Opera. I don't know. The phantom of the pregnancies is inside your mind. It is inside your mind. It's inside your mind. No, that is... Phantom pregnancies because um, Mary had two. Her daughter Mary and had that's why two. I think maybe it was that. It's just that is such a bizarre thing that you just don't really hear about anymore. You will yourself to be. It's pregnant. like you want to be pregnant so bad that you your body just leans in. Uh, it's it's crazy. It it's the craziest. Honestly, thing. like she wanted a baby really fucking bad. So I mean, it could. But, it's a possibility. So it's a possibility. She doesn't have a baby. Needless to say, it starts really sinking in that so she ain't pregnant. No it starts, and she is so embarrassed. Or, everyone, and had, now everyone knows that she wasn't pregnant. And yeah, so she's well, probably yeah. thinking like, do these people think I'm crazy? Do these people think I've done something to deserve this? Like, and I even read like she writes home to her father's like, please don't be upset with me. No, well she wrote. I read that she wrote to him and didn't tell him. She just said I had I had a stillborn baby. She didn't write. Which about honestly, the, at that time, a six month old child coming out of you is pretty much like a stillbirth. Yeah, but life. no, this it's confinement's a, like three months later. Oh, you know, like, I would have gone crazy in confinement. I'm but sorry. I later like she leaves confinement and she gets pregnant. Bam. She is so fucking fertile. They get... <laughs> that they pomegranate, are, man. <laughs> they are done. They're ready to go. Baby number two. Second pregnancy in their first year of marriage. Yeah. So, so that's that That tells you like from June 11th, 1509, which is when they got married, to June 15 of 10, they had two pregnancies already. So mm-hmm. she obviously can have some babies. Yeah. Or, well, she can she can conceive some babies. So Henry, like, sets her up with this cush-ass... She's got this big-ass bed that's, like, eight feet by eight feet, which is, like, bigger than a king-size bed, <laughs> obviously. Their, their crib for this child was five and a half feet long. Yeah. Like, I could fit in that and sleep just fine. Yeah. It's like a twin-size <laughs> bed. What? Are you giving birth to, like, a fucking hippo or oh, something? Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> so she goes into labor on New Year's Eve, which, to me, they must have thought, this is such a good omen. New Having life. New, new life, year. new beginning, new year, new baby. Um, so they have the baby on New Year's Day, and they name him Henry Obviously. upon his birth, and he's the Duke of Cornwall. 
And he was christened six days later in a big to-do ceremony. With a beautiful christening gown. Yes. <laughs> I learned that um, mothers didn't attend the christening ceremony because huh. they were still in their confinement. I had no idea. And something else I learned that just kind of makes me mad. So they'd still be in their confinement for like another month. And then after that, they'd have to go be church. Yes. Which I means they would too. like go and basically atone for their sin of childbirth, which just my the, feminist rage. I also like, think. I your also whole think, life. Have babies. Have babies. And, and once see, you do it. Oh, the sin I, of I read, baby. though, to the contrary, that it was that you would also be giving thanks to God that you survived the oh. the, the birth. Okay. And you're going like there to, to clean. They were cleaning you. They still did that cleansing, yeah. which is fucked up. Like yeah. the feminist yeah. in you should be pissed off about that. But also, it was to be like, thank you, God, I didn't fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, after a baby's born, obviously, it's time to motherfucking party in Henry VIII's life. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime something good happens, and it's a baby goddamn boy. Like, Named it is... Henry. It is time to go... They shot cannons, cannons off. Like, I think if I read it was... they would have had fireworks, the sky would have been full. I read it was 200 pounds of gunpowder at the Tower of London, which, to me, like, I, it conjures up this, like masculine phallic like yas king yas. <laughs> like it's totally like the male way, way of going yas king and henry was the most doting husband on catherine after this like they would be out in a battle oh, and they'd be oh. holding hands and he would be kissing her gave him just, a son she and gave he him a was son just she hung the moon for him yeah and so he plans this elaborate jousting party again phallic symbols come to mind <laughs> oh. for that i don't know why my mind is in the gutter today i apologize oh, you think about phallic symbols what say what because <laughs> <laughs> I, I found this really cute like there was a moment that that henry was caught kissing catherine behind a tent and hmm. they were just so in love and lovey-dovey it was part to give them in the jousting to give them a favor mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, you're yeah. supposed to give them... I wrote down, like, what is that, like a handkerchief? Yeah, it's like a handkerchief or a glove or some article Something. of clothing. Okay. And that would be your maiden that you're fighting for that uh. day. And so it was like she gave him his favor and he was fighting for her. So okay. they were so in love. There were huge feasts. So this is basically like trickle-down economics. When the king's <laughs> eaten, everybody's eaten. Because yeah. it would be like, because the king was throwing these big feasts, then the servants would get the leftovers, and then there would be more scraps for like the poor people and it was just he was also handing out free wine to so, anybody in London. so naturally there's a bunch of drunk people, drunk people. and they start looting and what? henry henry is encouraging I hate to say it but the party is the poor baby henry dies after less than two months of uh, life and okay the, but, infant, the mortality rate 25 percent bananas one quarter so of i guess children. nobody was i mean they were devastated but it wasn't like an unheard of thing. No. But they're both young. They yeah, can, they they're can both young. They can keep going. Mm-hmm. And so they're both kind of down in the dumps. So what do you do when you feel like shit? You kind of start more shit. Yep. And Henry and Catherine, to be honest with you at this time, were chomping at the bit for a little bit of war. Yeah, well, Henry wanted to... He... He wanted to be king of France. He wanted to be king of France. Like, just to set up a little bit of history, since the Norman Conquest in 1066, <sighs> the French and English had always squabbled over who it was like, well, no, we should be the rulers of France. And then the French are like, no, it's fucking France. We're already here. (laughs) Well, just because so many intermarriages and different people taking over 
England did have some lands in France. Uh, Calais, still Calais. at this point, I think was the only one that England still had. But if you really do go back through the family tree, there is some legitimacy to their claim to France. But Henry was like, um, France is mine. I'm going to go gonna, sh- get that shit. I'm going to go take France and Catherine. He left Catherine as regent. So yeah. she was regent of England while he was gone. She was making all of the decisions. And AKA she's pregnant again. She is. <laughs> she's pregnant again because of course she is. Cause she's a fertile myrtle. <laughs> Scotland hears that King Henry has left England, and Scotland's like, cool. Time to attack England. Time to attack England. <laughs> um, some Tudor family drama. Henry's sister, Mary? Margaret. Margaret. Henry's sister, Margaret, is married to the king of Scotland, because they were like, oh, maybe if we marry the Scottish king to one of our princesses, he'll quit fucking trying to invade us all the time. It never works. It never works. England and and Scotland like tried to make peace like that way so many times and it never worked. Scotland and France a lot of times would marry each other together. Because they hated England. And just for like a fuck you to England. And that was always more successful because they had a very unhappy marriage. But obviously since he's going to attack uh, her homeland. And so... Catherine is gonna defend her fucking homeland. Yeah. She's the regent. She has to. Don't her- start no shit. There won't be no shit. Right. And so King she- James started some shit. Started some shit. So she travels north and she gives this badass speech to rally her troops. And that is. I think I heard she even put on armor and shit. Yeah. And like. I mean, not like she was actually gonna go fight because she was a pregnant woman. No, she but- did. And she was like, she stayed off. Yeah. Went away whenever they started fighting. But she still went in and gave the figurehead speech yeah. of like, mm-hmm. I rule this shit and the the, uh, Earl of Surrey was just stationed north of her Uh, what she ended up saying in the speech kind of got England around her this is whenever they really fucking they were like she is here for us she's my jam she is my jam and so what she what she said one of the things that stuck out was England was surrounded by enemies and worse still neighbors who wanted to destroy it trying to press us against all rights and justice and her people are like fuck yes Yes. I want to slay some Scottish people yes queen and James James himself is ready to fucking fight. Mm-mm. So he moves to Flodden Field, mm-hmm. and Earl of Surrey's army motherfucking kills this bitch. Slays like, him. It's like, it's one battle, and I read that it was like 70% of, of Scottish nobility yeah, wiped just out. just wiped out. Gone. Like, what were they fucking thinking? And You've got Catherine of Aragon fighting against you? You're fucked, dude. And so <laughs> they bring James's dead body to her. And she wants, I've read two different things. She either wanted to like cut off his head and send it to Uh Henry or just send his dead body to Henry. But then everybody was kind of sort of like, that's a little much, girl. So they just sent his bloody coat to Henry. And And I actually read something that um, Henry had sent like a prisoner of war to her right before she went to Flodden Field. And she was fucking annoyed. Like she was like, why Why didn't you kill him? Why do I have to watch over this dude? I'm about to go defend England. Yeah, she was just like, why didn't you kill him? You send this dude. And so she. But no, whenever she. So she sent the bloody coat to Henry. I just think this is really badass. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go for it. But um, she wrote to him, I thought to send himself to you, but your Englishman's hearts would not suffer it. So she's basically saying like, I wanted to send his dead body to you, but 
These guys are pansies, so here's his fucking coat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, hashtag slay. I know, she oh. did that. And after, I mean, after she, you know, takes this prisoner of war from Henry, apparently the Italian Duke of Ferrara said that, you know, it was no great thing for one armed man to capture another like that Frenchman he sent. But she was sending him three Scots who have been taken by one woman alone. Like she, yes, queen. Like she came to slay, and no letter from her. Like it's not in her hand or signed by. But still, that's yeah. fucking badass. No. <laughs> so Henry, Henry comes home, and his achievements in France were meh. I mean, he kept Calais, which whatever they had it already. So, yeah, I was already so there. Good later. job, you did good. And she, he's super proud of her. Though. Oh yeah. She defended England. She held up the countryland. She killed the Scots, like yeah. all of the nobility. He's super fucking proud of, proud of her. And they're this is when they're really a power couple. Yeah, but and they're kind of like their mom and dad. But at the time, she really didn't like her fucking dad. Oh no, her dad. Her dad had entered into another alliance with France, and it was this whole thing. So her dad. I feel like right now she's just sort of. She's like, I've got to choose between the Spanish alliances and the English, and she is all in for England. And so Henry comes home, and then she has another miscarriage. And I'm calling it a miscarriage for lack of a better term. I mean, it was it was it was an early birth, and it was a stillborn baby. And I just think it's so weird that she's not having she's not having super early miscarriages. Mm-mm. She's having these late term miscarriages yeah. or these stillborn babies. It just it's always like six months to it just like. Does it? It just. Uh. Uh. So anyway, so she has that one in fifteen thirteen after Henry comes back from France and it's a stillborn boy. In fifteen fourteen, she announces she's pregnant again. This is her fourth pregnancy if you're keeping count. Six months later, baby boy stillborn. Another dead. Ba- stillborn baby boy. Huh. Next pregnancy the next year like people aren't getting their hopes up like they were before i mean they're not having big celebrations because they're like let's see what happens so we've talked about the infant mortality rate was really high at this time but that was like one out of four babies died this was four out of four (laughs) you know this was not it was not normal she was not successful so but her fifth pregnancy, her father dies while she's pregnant with this fifth one, and it doesn't, like, there's no note of her mourning. Are you really surprised? I think she was just like, I'm, whatever, he hasn't been a dad to I'm me. I'm 0% surprised. Yeah, I, I wrote surprise level, 0%. Yeah, 0%. Um, and then February 18th, 1516, Princess Mary was born. Princess Mary! And she was healthy. I know, I know he would have preferred to have a baby boy. He, yeah, he would. But after all these fucking stillborn babies, you gotta be like, Obviously, oh, hey. he would have preferred a baby boy, but at this point, yeah, it's just like, it hasn't died. It wasn't stillborn. And he was quoted as actually saying, if it's a girl this time, a boy will follow. A boy will follow. Um, and Catherine was a very hands-on mother for the time. Yeah. And, and that was a lot like her mother because she, she learned it from her. She wasn't as close as her and her mother had been because, you know, she... 
did have to send Mary off to Wales to be the princess of and Wales. That's it. And once you're that. the princess of Wales, you're the next in line. So to she run the didn't country. get to, you know, enjoy that like every day with her daughter, like she had with her mother. But she wrote Mary's studies. She she uh, actually had a really strong hand in her education, and she appointed uh, Jean Louis Vives to be her tutor. Yeah, Mary tutor and then tutor tutor tutors. Well, uh, lots of there's tutors, actually a tutors. blog called called the Tutor Tutor. <laughs> That's it's really nice, good. It's nice, really good. Nice. You should read it. And that uh, Vives actually wrote the education of a Christian woman, which was modeled after Mary's education. Oh, that's interesting. So that's where, I mean, if we were to read it today and you were to read that book today, you'd be like, holy shit, this is so oppressive to women. Yeah. Like it is. But, like, it, was, but it was the 1500s. Everything was oppressive that to was, women. <laughs> that was the Christian woman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I put air quotes around that. Um, and by uh, 1518... Fuck, boom, again. She's goddamn pregnant. She's pregnant again, and this, but this will be her last pregnancy. Yeah, she has a weak baby. And everybody's baby. like, oh, she's getting so old. She's 33. Yeah, she's 33. <laughs> but she has a little baby girl that dies within days. Um, and she's, yeah, she's only 33. She's been pregnant six times and only one living child to show for it. I mean. And that was her last pregnancy. So let's talk about, like. Bessie Blount. Bessie Blount. The only one to really have, like, well, there was another one that had a son. But she had... The only one that he recognized. Yes. So Bessie Blount had actually been Henry's mistress for a long, long time, but he never blounted her around. He was never... He was never openly her mistress, his mistress. It was just whenever Catherine would go into confinement. This is yeah, and she knew, and she knew, but she didn't make a stink about it because he was. That's what they did back in the day. And also, he wasn't disrespectful about it. He didn't. It's completely different than what we'll get to with Anne Boleyn. You know, like yeah. it was very like hush hush, tongue in cheek. She has a healthy baby boy. In 1519. On June, on June 15th, which is Nathan's birthday. My birthday. I'm Henry's bastard, guys. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I am finally a bastard. <laughs> I've graduated. So Henry recognizes him, makes him a duke. He's named Henry Fitzroy. And from there on out, things just kind of go downhill for poor Catherine. And because- I think she was pissed whenever he did that but she threw a fucking feast she threw a party for him because i wanted i think she just wanted to show like it's cool i'm not mad i'm breezy like have you ever seen that episode (laughs) of friends where monica accidentally changes her ex-boyfriend's richard's voicemail not voicemail what Mm -hmm. did they call it back then answering machine (laughs) back in the day (laughs) she's and she's like hey i'm just calling for blah 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 blah. whatever i'm breezy (laughs) breezy that's what it makes me think she's like whatever i'll throw your son a party i'm breezy (laughs) Uh, but she was not she was not she was pissed she She was pissed. pissed of course she would but like what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do i believe this is the time when henry started looking into divorce proceedings yeah because he saw her have a boy he's like oh it's not me i can have a live son and so he starts to kind of he starts to doubt the marriage i mean really he has one girl to show for six pregnancies with Catherine, and then all of a sudden his mistress has a baby boy and you, you what i'm not even they were super religious so therefore what we would call now superstitious i'm not particularly i don't think superstitious but i think at this point even i would be like are we cursed like why can't 
Like, this is not normal. What's wrong? So for that time frame, I don't blame him for thinking that they must have been cursed or something, you know? Does I, that, I mean, do you, do I you get, agree? Does that make sense to you? It does. Think in his mind. I know. I see that. But at the same point, stillbirths and that. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were common, common. But one out of six. Yeah. One, like, just, I... I could see how he would start to doubt things from like the thinking. And of that he considers time well, what he's considering is a chapter in Leviticus that says if you take your brother's wife in a carnal way, then you're going to be childless. You've unveiled your brother's nakedness or something like that. And be so for that time, that's what he took. He took there that scripture is, and ran with there's it. There's another verse in the Bible, though, that does say Deuteronomy to adopt your or it's, to take in yes. your and in or marry your husband's wife. Yeah, in Deuteronomy, like it says if you're you're supposed to take on your brother's widow if he dies and there's no heirs. Yeah, and they don't produce any children. But Henry cl- clung on to this other thing because it fit his. Um, but the whole thing about the Leviticus things, it says that they would be childless, but they had a daughter. Shh. Don't talk about that because Henry will be pissed. Henry will come back from the grave and probably behead me if I don't. But he didn't have a legitimate heir. And I do want to talk about like um, another thing from not necessarily Tudor history, but English history. There, the last time there had been a woman that was set to inherit, her name was she, she was called Maud, Empress Maud. She was supposed to inherit after her brother died, and her father. Um, I'm not sure what Henry it was. Oh, some guy named Henry, I think. And her father, like, had all the barons, like, promise you'll follow my daughter after I die. And everybody was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then after he died, they all were like... No, 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 no. They were like, who's the closest living male relative? And they put him on the throne. And the two factions warred for so, so long that in history it was known as the anarchy is what they called this time. Um, There's a... They also called it the time when Christ and his saints slept. Because it was like, obviously, Christ wasn't caring about us. Because that's how bad the warring was. So he just, he was thinking of that, I think. Like, I have to have a male son. A male son. Duh. Um, I have to have a male heir to take this on. Otherwise, there's going to be civil war. And remember, they also just came out of a time. Where there was a lot of civil war. <laughs> there were people were still thinking about the Wars of the Roses. So I don't think he's like an asshole for wanting a son just because of that time in the yeah, world. Does that uh, make yeah. sense? Uh, and I also heard that they, they told him to marry off Mary to his son, Henry <laughs> oh, Fitzroy. That's your, like, half-brother. Like, like somebody, like, we're actually, going back Egyptian style. There were, like, like, this is Egyptian. there were legitimately some of the people in, like, the royal adjacents that were like, well, why don't you just marry the Duke of Cornwall to the princess? Like, what could that ties it up all neatly? They're yeah. brother and sister. That's, that's why. Ugh, that's so Ugh. gross. Anywho, we have any, gotten any a little off track. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. So let's talk. Henry was about to get. He wanted an annulment. He wanted an annulment. So let's talk about annulments in Tudor times. Mm. They didn't use the word divorce. That's not what they used. They used annulment. And, and it meant the the marriage was never valid. And to get one, you had to go to the Pope. And kings would do this all the motherfucking time. Yeah, so many kings. They'd just be like, here, here's the money, Pope. And the Pope they would, would be like, I'm at a Pope. Uh, here's your annulment. Here's uh, your annulment. Marry who you want. Bye, you Felicia. Bye. <laughs> 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 okay, back to the story. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Enter Anne Boleyn. Oh. Uh, okay, so like I don't want to talk too much about Anne Boleyn. Because, She's going to get her own episode. Because it's Kathy's episode and I want to focus on her. But there's there's no way to talk about one without even like kind of mentioning the other like it's unavoidable it's it unavoidable and unavoidable Anne Boleyn was the niece of the Duke of Norfolk which is uh, if you're from England you would say Norfolk Norfolk <laughs> and she becomes one of Catherine's ladies in waiting um Henry becomes obsessed with her like in a way that he never much. has with any of his other mistresses like all his other mistresses he didn't flaunt in front of Catherine he didn't Make promises to this one. It was, it was a whole nother story. And he wants her to be his mistress, and he wants to sleep with her, but she refuses. She refuses. I mean, and smart. this is the this is the first, maybe the first woman to this, refuse. This is probably the first woman to ever tell Henry. The no. game is on, and so he's she's like, not until we're married, and so. Henry looks at it and he's like, okay, these are the things falling into place. Um, Catherine can't have any more children at this point. Um, he's found that Bible passage that specifically says not to marry, uh, your brother's wife. So he's like, the Pope never had the right to give us that papal dispensation. Um, now I've met this other woman that he's so like single-mindedly convinced is the woman for him. He legitimately believed that this is what God wanted. So he starts like seriously investigating and all yeah, the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, he honestly is like one of the first people to doubt what the Pope is saying. The Pope yeah. gave him an annulment, and, and he's, he's like, like mm, "No, the Pope, Pope was wrong." Maybe this wasn't, maybe and this was and wrong. for a Catholic, that's a huge deal mm-hmm. because the Pope is supposed to be God's mouthpiece. Yeah, he's supposed to be great from uh, straight from God. And Henry ends up breaking the news to Catherine that hey. Um, this marriage, the reason why we can't have kids is probably because you slept with my brother. 
And Henry, like we said earlier, is not the fat guy that we knew right now. So he's like trying to be delicate and nice and sweet about it. Like he's not like this tyrant at this point that would just come in and be like, I'm divorcing you, bye. Like he's like, I don't want it. It's what God wants. And she loses her shit. He, she loses has it. never loses lost it. her. She has never wept in front of him like this. Not with any of the miscarriages. And he was surprised. Not literally when Bessie Blount had the bastard. Not that, like, she is never, but she just loses it and cries and weeps and, like, falls to the floor. And he doesn't know what to do. He's just like, he doesn't know any. He's like, I just imagine him, like, backing out of the room slowly. Tiptoeing like like a cartoon. Like, like, all right, talk to you later. And And that's what he did. (laughs) He just left. (laughs) Sidebar discussion. Let's talk about some hypotheticals. Like, what if Catherine would have just been like, okay, I've, I realized that this is what you want. It could be the best for me. Like, how would her life So what if different? she just basically opted for the annulment and said, that's fine with me. Let's I think do it. she would have lived a happy rest of her life. She but would have. What, what, what would have happened to American history? Like, because a lot of the religious persecution happened, and the reason that they fled England was because of their religious persecution. And if she, if she wouldn't have stood up at that point and said, no, I'm not doing this, then maybe we wouldn't have had this massive influx of English people leaving, leaving those Puritans and everyone's like, get the fuck out of Puritans. Moving to America. So we may not have what we have today. Also, I mean, we haven't gotten to her yet, but, um, his wife, Anna Cleves, whenever he divorced her and she just like, she was like, what what quietly took it. She just like (laughs) rolled with it. She lived a cush fucking life. So if Catherine would have done that, I'm sure when people went with what Henry wanted, you you had such a good life. Like she would have had a huge pension. She would have had her choice of whatever mansion she wanted. She would have had like so many servants. She could have seen her daughter whenever, but because she persisted, her life from here on out, I'm sorry to say, sucked. Yes. Nevertheless. I was gonna I was gonna say it was unfortunate, but sucked. But <laughs> nevertheless, she nevertheless, persisted. She persisted. And she kept I, what I read is any time that he would address her about the annulment, she would say, I would love to give you what you want. You are my husband. But, but my I, I will lose I will God. lose my soul. Yeah. She would always say, I would lose my soul over this, so I can't do it. So, so that's what one of the things that Henry got wrong. What when Henry the, yeah, when Henry first came up with the idea for the annulment. He thought Catherine was just going to be like, okie dokie. He thought the Pope was just going to be like, okie dokie, or okie dokie. Um, he thought popular opinion would agree with him. And he <laughs> thought it was going to be a quickie divorce. He thought it was going to be like a year tops. Boy, was he motherfucking he, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong. He got everything wrong. Catherine was not going to go out like that. Mm. She had been mm. raised to be the Queen of England by her goddamn mother, Queen of Isabella. She, and she was not going out like that. She Agreeing to this would have made her daughter a bastard. Her nephew, the Holy Roman Emperor slash King of Spain, Charles, he had sacked Rome. So the Pope is basically The Pope is in his pocket. Yeah. So, so the Pope's not going to just roll with anything that was going to hurt Catherine. And the people of England... 
legitimately loved, loved her and saw no reason the king for her thought, to be replaced. Oh, the people love me. No, nah, dude, they love your wife. And when she would be traveling out in public, they would always come out and shout from the rooftops. I, w- I don't know if God Save the Queen was that set back then, but I think maybe, it would but be. I do know that I have here documented that people would yell at her when she walked by. Victory over your enemies. So she Victory has fans. She has little monsters. These are not the kind of things that were yelled at Anne Boleyn as she walked down the street. No, she got some slurs she got thrown at her. Much worse. But huh. he started eventually. Henry had, he was always civil to her. He was always like, I don't want this, God wants it. Da 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 da. But eventually he started eventually, treating her like just, shit. The more she fought it, the worse it got. Um, and he maintained that he loved her, but mm-hmm. and she would have been a really great wife to him. But it was like, God. He's like, it's God. I, I can't. I can't. Hurt, I can't do that. So there's this story about they were at like an estate dinner together, and um, like with lots of delegates and royal adjacents there hanging out. Someone asked Kathy how she's been, and she says, "I have been suffering purgatory on Earth." Crickets. Crickets. Awkward. Crickets. <laughs> and she's just thinking to embarrass him. And for like the first time in public that she has like gone against him. And she's telling people that she basically neglects him. He's he like, she doesn't visit him. my bed. He neglects me. And Henry, I can just imagine him turning beet red. And he's like, he shoots back. Like, why are you complaining? You have your own household. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You have plenty of money. What are you bitching about? And he's even getting shit from Anne. Anne is giving him shit about oh, yeah. letting Catherine just so push him le- around. So he leaves this dinner and is like, fuck you, and like goes to hang out with Anne, and I guess all the delegates or whatever are sitting there just being like, so anyway, the weather. And um, he gets to Anne's apartments and tells her what happens, and she yells at him for letting Catherine, like even putting himself in that situation. I know. It, it's, Dude he, can't. I mean, he, he, he is, can't win. He is stuck. I, I honestly think he is stuck between two women that are smarter than him. Yep. I, I think you're and absolutely right. And he just can't win. And people keep trying to convince Catherine to get thee to a nunnery. Yeah. Like, they keep trying to push her but into she an said, abbey. But she says, I was, God didn't call me to be a nun. Which, because don't nuns always say they hear the calling? Yeah. That's and part she's of like, their she's like, point. God didn't call me to be a nun. He's I'm the king's wife. That's my calling in life. So obviously, <sighs> after all this, the divorce trial starts. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, yes, listeners, we're probably going to cut out a lot of this. We're going to cut out because it went on seven fucking years. Seven goddamn years. But I think it's kind of weird that after Arthur died, she was kind of in purgatory like in, for seven years, you know, before she married Henry. And then seven years of the divorce trial. So uh, maybe that's a significant number. Yeah, though, right? maybe. Anyway, so maybe we need to have a numerologist in here. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what we should do. Anyway. So Henry Henry decides to have this trial in England. And Catherine, so there was like this back and forth with this trial of is it going to be in Rome? Is it going to be in England? Is it going to be Rome? And Catherine's like, like no, 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 no. it's it going to be in goddamn Rome. It has to be in Rome because like, this is the church. Because people like. A fucking farmer brought his wife to court in England. She's like, I am the queen the of queen. England. Queen, you don't trial me in 
England, like we bring our case to a higher power. And that higher power was Rome. And to be honest, like we said just a couple minutes ago, Rome was sacked by her nephew, Charles. Lantern lantern jaw Charles is what I read. Apparently he had Habsburg's disease. He was not a good looking fella. None of them were. They all had that huge underbite. Yeah, like, and it was Hadbird's jaws that they called it anyway. Lots of inbreeding. <laughs> so at this point, they've There's, been married for 20 years. And they're summoned to court to appear into an English court like a commoner. And mm. that was so Mm-mm. that was so against the times because she's the queen of England. She's going to show up And the up people and be, were even like, like, this court was jam-packed. I mean... Even you the nobility. The o- you think the OJ trial was oh, bad? Oh, this was a this whole was like different worse. thing. Like, even the nobility was like, the king and queen are going to be seen in an open court? What? Like, it was jam-packed. So it was June 21st, 1529, mm-hmm. that they made their court appearance. And Henry goes first. And he walks in, and he talks about that Bible verse in Leviticus and how they He's were like, never really married. But I really love married. her, but I'm sorry, it's against what blah, blah. And then Catherine of Aragon, this is like one of the things that just stole my heart. She just goes on and gives the baller speech. So we really want to recreate this speech for you. We're going to give you some Queen's Podcast Theater. Theater. We are fans of the theater. The theater. (laughs) But anyway... So we abridged it a little bit because bitch was wordy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So we want to do this for you, but then also let you know, like in modern day speak, what it means. So, you so. know, like if you ever read Shakespeare, you've got like the Shakespearean speech on one side and the English <laughs> and, like, speech on the other. what it means these days. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So let me... <clears throat> I've got a channel, Kathy of Aragon right red now. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Siblings. Rubber, rubber baby buggy bumpers. That was hard. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby and uh, what was she it? brewed a proper, proper cup, cup of coffee in a copper coffee, coffee pot. pot. We were theater majors, <laughs> so that was tell. one of those. Anyway, we're, let's get this shit started. All right. Sir, I beseech you for all the love that hath been between us, and for the love of God, let me have justice. Dude, what the fuck? After 20 years of marriage, you're just going to pull this shit? Like, I don't get it. Sir, wherein have I offended you? Or what occasion of displeasure have I deserved? What in the world have I done to deserve this shitty fucking treatment? I have been true to you, humble and obedient wife, being always well-pleased and contented with all things, wherein you had any delight or dalliance. I haven't said shit when you fucked around on me. I loved all those whom you loved only for your sake. You've had some shady-ass friends, but I put up with it. I have been your true wife, and by me ye have divers children, although it hath pleased God to call them out of this world, which hath been no default of my own. Look, it's not my fault that all our children died or that I had so many miscarriages. But we have this daughter, and... It's just against God to do anything else. When ye had me at first, I take God to my judge. I was a true maid, without touch of a man. And whether it be true or no, I put it to your conscience. I was a virgin when we got married, and you fucking know it. I can't believe you'd come out here and say otherwise. That's on your head. Therefore, for the love of God, spare me the extremity of this court. Really, dude? You're bringing me to fucking divorce court like I'm some farmer's wife and not the daughter of Isabella of Castile? 
And if ye will not extend to me so much impartial favor, your pleasure then be fulfilled. To God I commit my cause. Whatever, I'm out of here. And mic drop. Mic drop. End scene. Did she invent the mic drop? I think I think this is when the mic drop first happened. Like she literally walks in and is like, bitch. Fuck you. No. And then drops, like, if there she, was a microphone, like a bedazzler in ancient Egypt, oh, and she would have dropped it. When she did this speech, she was kneeled down at his feet. Yes. She wasn't talking to the court. No. She was talking to him. Straight to his and eyes. And then she got up and walked out after the speech. Walked and the, the fuck out. The lawyers are all like, um, you have to come back. We're not done here. We're not done. <laughs> and she was just like, no, I don't have to do anything. She didn't even say that. She might drop it. And she just went home. <laughs> and to that, I think we need to do a cheers to Kathy. Inventing the mic drop. Inventing the mic drop. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, Kathy. Mm. So, so long story short. But not is, but not really that short. No, <laughs> Shorter. I mean, it was divorce court times seven, seven years Ugh. of divorce court. And the more she persisted, the shittier things got. Henry sends his cronies, and I think they call them minions. I mean, he <laughs> literally sends them all the time to be like, submit, go to a nunnery, be a nun, stop doing this. And she was sent away to Greenwich, where Henry and Anne they, had their court. They were at Greenwich, and she was sent to Richmond. So Greenwich oh. was like where they always kept court. And it was um, Henry and Anne had a court, and then Catherine had her court. So it was basically like there were two fucking royal courts. That, like, and she never really showed up to court that many times, but she did show up to court a few times for Christmas. Back, she would come back. After she was sent away to Richmond, she would come back for like... Christmas or Easter, like, really important things to just kind of show. So, in 1531, the Pope finally issues an official statement. Because he's been putting it the fuck off. He's just yeah. been like, I don't want to touch this. I've got other things to do. He doesn't want to make a decision because he knows the gravity of this. Yeah. Like, if he were to grant this divorce or to annul, like... To, it, he he's damned if he does, damned yeah, if he does he would be yeah. screwed either way. Absolutely. So soon after, Henry Stein was like, hey, you either got to go to a convent or you got to move to a palace. And so the Pope is finally like, okay, I'm officially ordering you, Henry, to go back to Catherine. And he literally glanced at the letter from the Pope and then threw it away. He was mm-hmm. so done with this shit. And during a holiday of one of Catherine's, like, official visits, Henry moves the court to Woodstock, which is, like... Not, back, not the, not the then, hippie Woodstock. Not the, it's not... <laughs> it's the, the English Jimmy Woodstock. Hendrix was not there. He didn't, I wish he would have been. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, we're going to Woodstock. If there's, a tra- if, the, if there's a time traveler, it would be Jimi Hendrix. Yes. <laughs> no, so they're, um, like, we're picking up and moving to Woodstock, but they didn't tell Catherine, and she sends a letter that's to him. So that's just up. like that's so that she's. Just, it's basically like, oh, I I just wish you would have told me you were leaving, so I could have said bye. And he doesn't respond from here on out. He doesn't respond to anything any she of says. her letters. Nope. nope. So I read actually something at, at around this point. She was ordered to give up all of her jewels, and she was told to give up everything. And these were part of her dowry. This was like, you know, her family. Her so it fam- wasn't her, his her- to take back? It was her family jewels and his oh. family jewels. So she had Henry's family jewels. <laughs> and we all know that. <laughs> but, and they were, some of them for from Margaret Beaufort. And she gave him everything except 
this single gold cross that was super simple, just a gold cross necklace that had a sliver. Just meant a lot to her. And it had a sliver of Jesus's cross that he was crucified uh, on. Supposedly. It had the wood in it. Like, there was supposedly a piece yeah. of wood in it that was from his Aww, cross. that's kind of sweet. That's part of me thinks that that's... She was a virgin when she met Henry. How uh, would she be able to wear that being a devout Catholic and knowing that, and knowing that know, she have lied? Have you ever told a lie so many times that, that you, you believe just convinced it, yourself? That you believe it, but she would know that. And she puts that necklace on a lot, all the time. But also, I mean, don't they say if you've repented for your sin it's forgiven so maybe she's just thinking she's lying for and good she reason. did she did have a she did have a relationships with the front not relationship she, <laughs> she did like confess a, a lot and go to friars and talk to them and confess so maybe it's true so, even off even not at the podcast me and nathan cannot decide if we think i'm i'm off and on so if y'all have we, any information that would make me we think don't, otherwise we let cannot me know. make up our mind i need Catherine to make up my goddamn mind arthur or not but so eh, in in him in uh, september of 1533 Anne has a baby and oh well we skipped that henry just was finally like Fuck it, we'll do it my way. And he, like, the Pope tells him to go back to Catherine. So he says, you know what? I'm the captain now. I'm the, the, pope. Su- the supreme leader. He's like, the Pope has no say here. I'm the head of England. I'm the head of the English church. So, you know what? By the power invested in me, I'm divorced. And then he marries Anne. Yeah, and he calls himself the supreme leader, which is funny because, like, the North Korean guy right now in our times <laughs> calls himself the supreme leader. So I feel like he's... He was I feel like Kim Jong-un is, like, stealing a bit of Henry VIII's, Maybe. like, game here. Maybe. And so, in in 1533, yeah. uh, Anne has Elizabeth, Elizabeth I. And we all know Elizabeth. She's the last remaining tutor. And Henry immediately goes to Mary and demands that she renounce her title as princess. And Kathy tells it, tells her and writes her and basically tells her, don't, don't submit to this. You tell him the same thing that I've been telling him my entire life, which is I'll give you what you want. But in this circumstance, I can't lose my soul over this. I can't do it. And so Henry being a douchebag, he passes the Acts of Secession, mm-hmm. which basically declares that Anne is queen and Elizabeth is the next in line. Well, to you say being a douchebag, but like obviously you're gonna favor your current wife over your last yes, wife. Yes, but and if in, and the in, whole reason that he had for in his mind for divorcing Catherine was because their what their marriage was never legal or like sanctioned by but God. But the, in the reason first I place. say a douche is because he passes a law that's called the Acts of Secession because. Even though he had a daughter before that, who was literally but, like a princess. But now, the, but I, I mean, not that I am saying that Henry VIII was fair and right by any means, but I'm just also saying like the only way in his mind, in his fucked up, in mind. his fucked up mind, <laughs> he's like thinking, no, I was never actually married to her. I get that because she was my brother's wife. So this daughter is a bastard, and bastards but, can't be in but the line to of succession. Be, but to be able to go but to, be so like, to your daughter... To be so cold to your daughter. Yeah, yeah no, like, to no, go no, no, to no. your daughter and be like, hey, you're a bastard. Lessons of douchebaggery 101. Yeah, absolutely. Like, admit it. Absolutely. But I'm saying also, if you put yourself in his shoes, I understand why yeah. he did it. And Not so, saying it makes 
makes him a nice he's, no. he's not getting a father of the year award and, or no. anything. And so the acts of succession basically say that if you defy this new order of Anne is queen and Elizabeth is next in line, then you're punishable by death. Mm-hmm. You can get killed. Anybody Bitch, get could. killed. Anybody. And she was no she was no exception. And of course, Henry again sends his minions to go like convince her, get the fuck to the nunnery. Did like, you read the thing about um that one of his minions was sent to Mary to like try to make her um bow to his will? He was like, If you were my daughter, I would smash your head until it felt like a soft apple. Oh my god. <laughs> and and oh my god. And and Actually, like, the minions come over there to convince her and basically say, you know, you need to submit to this or you're going to die. Like, we're yeah. going to we're gonna kill you. And she said to them, she's like, mm-hmm. I would rather die in a crowd than to be killed in, the, the, in this little house that we're in. Yeah. Because I want everybody to know yeah. what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Because this is fucked up. Yeah. Like, what you're doing to me. So, once again, she's carted off to a shitload of different palaces. Like, Catherine's, like, just her, the palaces she goes to, they just decrease, decrease, decrease. It gets worse and, her, and worse and worse. And her lesser women are taken from her. And, like, some of the women that had been in her employ for, like, 20-some-odd years now are, like, barred from speaking to her. Nobody can talk to her. They fire all of them. They get rid of all of them. She is locked up in London. Yeah. Right? On this episode of Locked Up, of Women Behind Bars. <laughs> Women Behind Bars, Locked Up in London. We have Catherine of Aragon, who is a devout Catholic in prison because her president has a- obsessions with fucking titties of other women. <laughs> like, he wants to fucking just marry this other woman, so he locks her up in, like... And she wanted to be locked up in the Tower of London. She wanted to be made a spectacle of. She was she, never put in the Tower of London, <clears throat> no. though, was she? No. She was not. And that was the thing, is that she wanted it to be... Um, a spectacle, but she was bolted up in this little room, and the only thing that she was allowed to do was go to mass. She yeah. she she wouldn't eat or drink anything. They would offer her food, they would offer her things. She made her servants like cook in front of her, and that was like she was protesting. She didn't want to eat yeah. because she was a prisoner. She wanted to be treated like a prisoner. She didn't. She want... wanted to be like that martyr feeling yes. of like I am sacrificing for what is right. Yeah. So keep in mind at this time, like Henry has broke from Rome, and so yeah, he's like the supreme leader or whatever. But that also means that he has just decided that the Pope is not that has no authority in his country, and that would have been. Very controversial. Uh, yeah. Controversial doesn't even start to be like described. Because the Catholic Church been... basically ran every monarchy. So he was a heretic, basically. Yeah. Um, and then in the end of 1535, Catherine's like locked away in one of her prison palaces, and her health takes like a nosedive. Okay, so this first line that I read in a, in the chapter of the book, it was uh, the Spanish wife of King Henry VIII, uh, Catherine of Aragon by Giles something or other. And, Giles. <laughs> and he basically was like, so she developed a taste for uh, Welsh beer. So I wonder, like, did she start, like, I mean, she was probably depressed. Maybe she started drinking. And she was probably in a lot of pain, too, because what we she, know now is that she, she probably had cancer. Yeah. She probably had cancer and she was depressed and drinking and she just... She was 50, which isn't old now, but like back I then they didn't have... I just picture Sally and I'm Molly. I'm 
fitting. The big five O. Half a century, you Henry. See, you see that camel toe? <laughs> <laughs> and I can kick and, and stretch, stretch and kick. Because I'm 50. Anyway. <laughs> so she's so that having, was Catherine Perry. Yeah, <laughs> she's having these like stomach pains. And honestly, like I picture her having these mental pains. No. Where she she's was, having emotional distress where like she just literally cut England off she from lost. Rome. So she lost. She took a big gamble with her happiness and with the country and lost. And she actually even said to the Spanish ambassador at the time, Chapuis, like he came to her and she was like, I've, have I done the wrong thing? Like if I would have backed down, we'd still be aligned with Rome. Uh, what have I done? And that's the only time she's ever quoted of having any doubt in her conviction. So like we said, it's the end of 1535. So it's December 1535. And her BFF, Maria de Salinas, shows up. And she has to like fake this horse riding oh, accident. Yeah. She can't tell that she can't let anybody in court because she has been one of Catherine's ladies for years and years and she's years. She's a supporter. And she married like, um, oh, I forget who she married. She married like some duke or something. So mm-hmm. she's high up there now. And she has to like lie about where she's going. Yeah. And she, she couldn't write for her for years, couldn't write to her, couldn't talk to yeah. her. But so she fakes this accident because she knows that. She needs to see her friend before she dies. Yeah. Like, that is a BFF move. Like, so she fakes this horse riding accident, and she goes in there, and a couple of days Explain after that, I don't, I don't know this story. What do you mean she fakes? How does her faking a horse riding accident get her to see Because you? she's in a pal Like, she goes in front of the palace, and it's like, oh, I oh, lost. Oh, so she, so she acts can't, like, oh, okay. I can't okay, go I, anywhere. I had this horse riding accident. I get it. I need a place to so stay. So she conveniently has an accident near Catherine's prison palace. And I think it's okay. Somerset. I get it. I believe it's Somerset where it happened. <clears throat> I get it. So she's like, I just so happened to have an accident out here. Please take me in. And this is on New Year's Day. What is it with her and New Year's? And like something about that New Year's. She's around her. And what's odd is that when she's around her best friend, her health gets better. And she starts to look up. I think that's odd. I mean. She starts to get You haven't seen a friendly face from days of your like in years she hasn't seen yeah. any of her friends any of her family and so it makes her upbeat so yeah and so what's weird is that like after maria leaves then Catherine is better but then she's one night she gets super duper fidgety and she tells the bishop uh i need to take communion and i honestly think she knew she was gonna die probably like she she looked at him and was like i need to take communion yeah and this guy was uh, tasked by Chapuis or Chapuis, sorry, to <laughs> to get a confession from her, yeah, on whether or not she had actually slept with Arthur. He was like, she's on her deathbed. She has, she's lost everything. She has no reason to lie about it at this point. So get, get that, that confession. Get yeah. that confession. Did he? No. She. Uh, and again, I like, would not be tossing and turning at night if I had this confession. <laughs> like, I would we know. <laughs> have even been like, well, see, like Nathan was like, see that she didn't confess. That means they didn't have sex. And I was like, have you ever told a lie so many times that you believe it? And then we just go back and forth. We don't know. Did. But oh. here's what I think is maybe she did give a confession. Maybe he got it. But the Catholic Church is hiding it. There's so many no, yeah. possibilities. The Catholic Church could totally be hiding it. Like, because that made them look Like bad. she confessed. Um, 
she was a, still a virgin. Here's a bag of coins that she didn't confess. Okay, I mean, she didn't confess. Yeah. But like, uh, who knows? <laughs> so she was laid to rest um, at, well, okay, she died on January 7th, 1536. Yeah. And it was of cancer. And I read it was like they saw that her heart was black and there were some lungs. Yeah, when they did like an autopsy. And they autopsy. thought it was poison. They yeah. thought Anne poisoned her. Because autopsies from 1536 were subpar. Yeah, they're by like, modern oh, day let's, standards. Put, let's put this heart in some water. And, and yeah, it was, the, her heart had like black spots on it. So they're like, oh, she was poisoned because they didn't really know what cancer was. You no, know? not back then. But she was laid to rest at uh, Peterborough Abbey on January 29th. And the source that I read said that Anne miscarried and Henry had that horse riding accident on the same day, but it said that it was around the same time. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I haven't read that anywhere, so I don't know. But still, I have heard that people thought, oh, this happened because Catherine came back for a big fuck you, I you guys. I think Catherine's soul came back from the dead and said, fuck you. I mean, like, yeah. you could. I couldn't have kids. You can't either. And Henry, by the way, I'm going to push you off a horse. So <laughs> we'll never know whether or not she lied about her virginity thing, but... Regardless, she's like the center point for Catholics being prosecuted for their religion. And it just, that changed the landscape um, in England and later Europe and with us, him breaking. Our, our and America, because America. America is, um, so much of our culture comes from English culture. And what struck, struck me most about reading the book that I read was that she had this they, they used a word and was dissimilate. So she was able to take what was handed to her and deal with it. Yeah. And be able to be submissive because that's what she needed to do at the time mm-hmm. and to move on. But also what I got from her is her intense devotion, not only to God, but her to her husband. She was in love with him. Supposedly when she died, like it's, we don't know for sure if this is real or fabricated, but the story is her last letter to Henry um, ended with, um, my eyes desire you above all things. And I think that is true. Like there was to some the, parts of to that To the end, was, she was dead. I don't think I would ever, I would just be like, fuck you, dude. Like at yeah. this point. Like, so here's, here's what I've been, I've been thinking on. If she, if Catherine of Aragon had a theme song, mm-hmm. what would it be? So I think we both agreed on like whenever she married Arthur and after that it was like a virgin by Madonna. Like a virgin. Oh, right. Oh, no, that's still when she married. When she married Henry, she yeah, would be like yeah, a virgin. Yeah, it was after Arthur marrying. Henry. Marrying Henry was like a virgin. So if she were a song for her whole life, what would it be? Hopelessly devoted. To you. you. Okay, so Greece. That's a Greece reference. Yeah, yeah, Hopefully yeah, devoted. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like faithfully. But if, you have, if you have a good theme song for Catherine of Aragon, <laughs> please think, write think, it in. I think my final answer, my uh-huh. final answer is The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. I don't know that one. The winner takes it all. The loser standing small. Uh-huh. Beside the victory. Denise. So who is the winner in this then? Well, the winner is Henry, and she has to stand beside whatever happens, and she gets treated like shit, and Aww. she it totally, like, listen to the song. Abba, I'm, well, I'm gay, and so Abba is, like, <laughs> gospel. And we're talking about Catherine of Aragon, and she was a devout Catholic, yes. so. So let's, <laughs> let's, just to recap this 
amazing woman's life. She was, I just think she was such a great story and has such, she's an amazing woman. She was a princess of Spain, Infanta of Spain, and the princess of Wales, widow. Then she was an ambassador. She was a queen. She was a regent. She was a mother. She was a martyr. And I just can't wrap my head around how impressive this woman is. Yeah, she changed our lives. Yeah. She changed everybody's lives. So to that, Nathan, let's raise a glass. To Catherine of Aragon. Let's Catherine of Aragon. Let's juice. So guys, I had to take a sip, but thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, if, everybody. If there's something you want to hear, you can hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, queens underscore podcast. Um, we're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. All one word. All one word. Smush <laughs> together. Queens Podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook. It's fun. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.